Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, welcome to the penultimate episode of uh, Rahalasta Part. Rahalasta stop saying that, you people over there, Series 9. Um, series 10 should hopefully just carry on more or less straight away as soon as this is over. We start recording them on October the 3rd at the Leicester Square Theatre. My very first guest is Armando Iannucci, and that show is nearly sold out already. And there's plenty more very exciting guests coming up that I will announce very soon. Um, so do buy tickets to that. If you want to see them carrying on being filmed, they'll come out on audio for free, whatever. Then we do need you to help us with the Kickstarter. Go to www.gofasterstripe.com slash kickstarter. And make any contribution, however small, that will still help us. If it's really big, that will help us more. We're getting close, but there's still quite a long way to go. It's certainly not a definite thing. So if you like those videos, then please give some money. If, you, if it doesn't happen, we'll just have to stop making the videos. So it's not the end of the world. We'll still make the audios. But if you like the videos, then carry on. Also, we have filmed Series 9, and we don't have any money for that at the moment. So it will put us in a bit of a hole but we'll find a way out we're, we're resilient and resourceful uh, if you pay more than £15 there's lots of other rewards one of the rewards is access to a secret channel with all the backstage interviews from Series 9 and Series 10 so for example I asked Tim Minchin this 
Uh, ooh, it's hard though to choose one, isn't it? You're going to ask me an emergency question now? Yeah, just because it's nice for the people. If you had to marry one of the Muppets, which of the Muppets would you marry? I wonder how he responded. You'll never know. And look, here's some of the other questions that were asked backstage. Would you prefer to have a tit that dispenses talcum powder or a finger that can travel through time? If you had to choose between having a, a hand made out of ham or an armpit that dispenses sun cream, which of those two things would you choose? It's still your hand... But it's made of ham and you can, you can yeah, eat no, it. No, I've already got the answer okay. as soon as you finish that question. Okay. But you have to get the channel to see uh, what, what happens. We do five-minute interviews backstage. They usually go up on the secret monthly badge channel. Uh, and also you will get access to an unbleeped version of the Royal Chat with Sophie Hagen. So go www.gofasterstripe.com slash kickstarter and give us some money if you can before the end of September. That would be terrific. That's my daughter there crying in the background. She's upset that... It isn't certainly going to happen. All right, bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Richard Haynes' Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who genuinely passed Lee Ryan from Blue in Shepherd's Bush just a few minutes ago. That's so exciting. Come on. <laughs> it's Richard Herring! <laughs> Here we are, hello! Welcome to the... The penultimate Rich James Leicester Square Theatre podcast of uh, the series. I did generally pass Lee Ryan from Blue. I don't know what he was doing in Shepherd's Bush. He was on the phone, so I couldn't talk to him. But looking at him, I, I think he was the kind of guy who would call this Rehalestopur. So I, I mean, he looked, he's pretty cool, right? Lee Ryan, he's the... If there's a cool one from Blue, it's, oh, it's probably Duncan, isn't it? Uh, is that his name? Uh, so uh, I've uh, actually, uh, I've just come from a festival uh, uh, over the weekend. I was performing at Nostock Festival in near Hereford. It's a long fucking way away, Hereford. I don't know why I did this. Uh, I had to drive there and drive back on the same day. Uh, Tom uh, Parry, who's coming up, that's uh, given that away. Uh, he was also on uh, just before me. But I had the best heckle I've ever had, I think. In, in, it's, it's, a, it's weird doing festival gigs because I don't have a, a, like a family set and they're, and they're often just uh, families in the, in the tents at festivals. Uh, and it was a mixture of extremely stoned people and drunk people and people on psychedelic drugs and tiny children. So that's quite an... <laughs> Quite a tough audience to play to. So I did my... I've got one kid's joke, which is what's brown and taps at the window, a poo on stilts. <laughs> There's a little, like, three or four-year-old kid in the front row. He found that quite funny, because it had the word poo in it. Then I thought, oh, I've got another one. I thought, oh, then, then I realised I didn't have another one. And as you'll know, if you've listened to this podcast before, my other kind of childlike joke is, uh, where does a bird leave its sexual organs when it goes to a nightclub? Not very child-friendly, I realised. Like, it's, it's got the... It sounds like it's going to be a kid's joke, but and then the answer is in the cloaca room. Uh, and I then said that you need to know, I said to the kid, you need to know that a bird pisses and shits through the same hole and it's called a cloaca and, and has sex with it as well. Uh, and also, you know, you're a three-year-old kid, you probably don't really know what a cloakroom is. So it's, it doesn't work on any level. And I said to him, have you got a cloak? Where do you leave your cloak? And the little kid said to me, in my mummy's bedroom, which I think is... Oh, it went down better on the night. So I thought that was... I thought just quick as a whip coming back with that. And then later on I asked him, who do you prefer, me or Mr Tumble? Uh, and he came straight back, Mr Tumble. He didn't even have to think about it. So I threw some water over myself and once again maligned, uh, <laughs> made scurrilous comments about not being left in a room alone uh, with Justin from Justin's house. So that was... Who I'd love to get as a guest on this, but, you know, if he listens to this, he's going to go, well, I'm not coming on that. It's, 
He's horrible to me. Uh, and um, uh, the Labour Party have uh, done this brilliant idea of, kind of putting someone in charge who uh, is kind of popular with members but the party don't like. It's quite a clever idea because they keep on having leadership elections and then charging people to take part in them. And generally they charge 25 quid this time and they've raised like something like 5 million quid from, the, from everyone giving 25 pounds. So I thought maybe for the next series of Rahelastapert... I would do that as well. You know, we could just try and bring in some incumbent... Someone like Jack Whitehall would be good, someone that would appeal to the masses, because the person we have now, he's good at doing this, and he's, 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 you know, his heart's in the right place, and <laughs> the people who come to see it like him. But, you know, he's never going to get this show onto a national stage, is he, and onto TV. So if we get Jack Whitehall or, you know, David Mitchell or someone like that in... So we might have a vote, but basically I just... I think it's worth it. I don't mind not doing it anymore if I get the four million quid. <laughs> Which I think... You know, if I was Jeremy Corbyn, I'd go, let's have one more leadership election. If you give me and that John McDonnell bloke a million quid each and Diane Abbott a million quid, we'll all fuck off. That's what I would do. And I'd be deliberately make the Labour Party unelectable. Oh, it's kind of maybe what he has done. So uh, that, is, that is good. <laughs> Uh, and uh, yeah, and I should mention uh, as it occurs to me, it's coming back. We've been doing some uh, filming, uh, pre-filming as we're talking now. But it's coming. But the recordings are in September and then monthly, and hopefully it'll be out as all as a big lump in 2017. Uh, so uh, you can really help us do more of those if you come and see us live with that. We're at the Leicester Square Theatre. Uh, check my website, richardhang.com/gigs. Uh, if if we can fill those, then we can afford to do like another uh, 12 days filming. So there'll be more sketches. So that's what we'll use your um, door money for. If you want to come and see that that's just a little advert that i've cleanly put into the podcast for all the people who try and fast forward through the first bit they thought oh how we got rid of the advert at the front bad luck <laughs> got it in anyway so um uh, let's introduce our guest because he's got to go he's actually off to do another gig today he's very kind to come along and uh, despite doing another gig he's fantastic it's fantastic both the guests we've got for the last these last two shows are top draw <laughs> I won't have anyone say any differently. Uh, he is probably best known uh, from his, I think, uh, writing work on Great Movie Mistakes 2, the sequel. <laughs> which uh, is quite, it's a controversial show because it has made its own um, mistake, its own goof, was that it, had a multi, it repeated the multiple appearance of a woman extra with a backpack appearing in Spider-Man had already been used in Great Movie Mistakes 1. So that is... That's why we all remember that. <laughs> Which, you know, if you're going to do a show about mistakes, don't then make a mistake yourself. That is, that's the first rule of taking the piss out of people who make mistakes. Anyway, here he is. He's the man behind that, and that's why we've all come here to see him. <laughs> it's Tom Perry, ladies and gentlemen. Great movie mistakes to the sequel. Welcome. Hello. There he is. Woo! <laughs> Am I the least known person you've had on this podcast? Oh, no, we've had some dross on that. <laughs> As I said, we had Matthew Crosby, who you know. Yes. On, and uh, uh, it was him and Nish Kumar, and honestly, they got hardly anyone in. So you can, you can go... This is a big There's draw. 300 people in here yeah. to see you, so you can, go, you can go to see him at the gig you're doing with him now Tell him. and say three times more people wanted to see me than you. Big cheer if you're here to see Tom Parry. That's not true. <laughs> you flatterers. Big cheer if you're here to see Peter Bainham. Peter Bainham, to be fair, he hadn't really been announced. Uh, so, um, let's talk about um, 
let's talk about uh, the great movie mistakes. Great movie mistakes. We did three of those. Were you in them as well? You were in no. Them? No, just wrote them. Yeah, and they'd send us um, a DVD of about three hours of the most mundane, yeah. tiny little... Like, if you pause it here... You could see the shadow of the cameraman, and then you'd have to write a joke for every single one of them. Yeah, and it was it was Christmas money. We like we you know we got like a little bit of money at Christmas, yeah. but oh, it was a hard, it was a, it was a slog, real slog. Did you notice that the woman in with the spider in the backpack in Spider Man was in both? Is one that, and ge- two? Is that yeah. genuinely true? Well, according to IMDb, that's a goof. That's one of the goofs <laughs> on the IMDb website. Yeah, we meant that. That was an Easter, <laughs> it was an Easter egg. <laughs> Um, and then in the end, Robert Webb told us, uh, he said to the producers that he wanted um, people, what was the phrase he used? Better schooled wow. to write for them. Uh, Oxbridge, he wanted Oxbridge writers. Wow. So we got bumped. And then two series later, we went back as uh, hosts, oh, which was a really depressing <laughs> job. Please don't watch the Movie Mistakes uh, series. <laughs> I did it's watch. Good. I do remember saying I did talk to Robert Webb when we had him on. Oh, about it. did he mention uh, us? I, I don't can't remember. I think he might have said there were some terrible writers on it. Mm. Uh, but uh, <laughs> when it tried to pass the button, but I remember seeing it. It was so. It was oh. just really. It was. It was no Dennis Norden. Let's say no. No. Um, Real shame. And it's always on. It's like the... It's the thing I've done... It's the most I've ever been on telly. Yeah. Is is doing the movie mistakes. It's a really bleak (laughs) legacy, isn't it? So it genuinely is what you're best known for. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was in... um, I, I did one scene in the second series of Miranda. Oh, yes. And that's like people stop me in the streets and say, are you the bed salesman from Miranda? <laughs> and it's like, that's the... And it was literally like a two-minute scene. Yeah. And I think that's the most famous I'll ever be. Right. Oh, and, you know, there might be... No? There might be more than that. Well, there's this. There's there now. <laughs> there's this. People recognise <laughs> yeah. you from this. They'll recognise your voice as you're walking along. Oh, that's my... Without meaning to brag... Yeah. Last year, I was the voice of an oral B advert. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> Close your eyes for a second, right? Everyone close your eyes. Remember this voice? GoPro with Oral-B Pro Expert. That was me, guys. So, movie mistakes. Did you get any free toothbrushes? No. no. And I've got terrible teeth as well. That's, yeah. that's probably why it's just a voiceover. Yeah. <laughs> and the woman, like, I showed up and I started talking and she said, the woman from Oral-B who I hadn't met before said, are you from Wolverhampton? <laughs> like, disgusted. And I was like, yeah? She's like, oh. And went away and had a word with the producer. The producer came back and said, can you hide your accent? And I was like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Why did they book you? Go pro. <laughs> Go pro with Oral B Pro Expert. <laughs> be much better. Are you ever mistaken for Tom Parry, the Porth Maddock estate agent? Uh, who, is, who is the number one hit on Twitter when you Google yeah. Tom Parry and has tomparry.co.uk yeah. and he's got Mid Wales sewn up he really has my family go on holiday to Mid Wales so I get lots okay. of pictures of people going oh is this your job no no I write on movie mistakes how many times do I have to tell you oh, your phone is a quite a Welsh name though Tom Parry Tom Parry yeah I'm half Welsh oh, yeah yeah and then, then when, I was, when I was about 18, I pretentiously wanted to spell my name the Welsh way, which is T-O-M-O-S. Oh, yeah. So that's, you know, like how you're, you, you can tell how pretentious you were as a kid because of your, what your email address is. <laughs> so that's my email address is Parry Thomas, spelled oh, yeah. T-O-M-O-S. Oh. And I, that was going to be my actor name when I was going to be an actor. 
before. Are you ever mistaken for <laughs> Sir Thomas Parry, the comptroller to the household of Elizabeth I? No. <laughs> he sounds important, though. He died of mere ill humour. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's mere what he says. He was uh, quite unpopular in court and he died of being grumpy, I think is what they're oh, saying. No. Oh. He had a son called Tom Parry as well. It was, uh, it was, a, was he more a, fun? He was an MP, I think, in, or, or like a member of parliament for... Uh, well, it's the same thing, isn't it? But uh, it's, uh, <laughs> he's either an MP or a member of parliament. No, well, I don't think they had, you know, whatever the parliament was in those days. A military policeman. Yeah, it could have been that. Yeah. Uh, for St Albans. So, you know, there you go. Wow. That's all I've got on you, this. That's, 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 that's all I've got on you. There's, there's quite a few. There's, a, there's a footballer... Uh, uh, we, when you look up videos for Tom Parry, yeah. they're all of the footballer Tom Parry. All of me. Winning 4-1 against Kidderminster or something. Oh, there we go. Yeah. My dad played for Kidderminster Harriers. Did he? Was the end of that story. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's, so. Talk, let's talk about you. Oh, who's not... the most famous Richard Herring? Uh, I think it's me. Uh, but there's, <laughs> there is another. There's a guy who writes books... Uh, there's, he wrote a book called something about the solitude on the road, Rich Terring. There's a guy. Is that about you? No. <laughs> Some people buy it thinking it's by. You know, it comes yeah. up. It comes up on Rich. It Herring. sounds like it could be. Uh, a book yeah. Right. And uh, there's a Rich Terring who works in, um, who's got the Rich Terring Twitter thing. I think. Oh, he beat you to it. I think he did, but he's he works in computers somewhere. Someone told me they'd met him and he was a dick. So, you know, that's... <laughs> I can't corroborate that, but it probably is. So I think I'm the best one. Okay. okay. Think Congratulations. Thank you. Um, well, you were on at Nostock as well. How did you... Did you have a nice time over the weekend in Hereford? Yeah. I mean, comedy at music festivals is always a little bit... You're performing to people who've gone a bit too hard and yeah. need shade. Yeah. So you just kind of just have to... You know, you just feel like your job is not to scare them too much. Like, Nostock was a heavy festival, it seemed. It was. Yeah, it's... I felt like such a square. Yeah, well, that was like, my problem. Yeah. I'd literally just arrived, and I was, in my, I was wearing a T-shirt. Yeah. And, it's the and... kind of festival where, like, the backstage staff are like, do you want any MDMA before you go on? And you're like, no, thanks. Just have a can of Did coke. you get a dressing room? Did you get your no. Own? Did not, uh, there was I a caravan it's... and a teepee. Did you get one of those? I got a special dressing room. It's oh, actually yeah. nicer than most dressing rooms I've ha- had in oh, theatres. I was ne- when I was next door to some guy who came up and chucked. I don't know anything about music. He came, a very nice young man came up with a beard right. and said, "Hello, I'm, you know, I like your work and I'm, and I'm on. Oh, what time are you on?" And I, said, I was on at the same time as him and I said, oh, "What's your band?" He said, well, "I can't remember." Mumford and Sons. My fifth. <laughs> and uh, and I said, "Oh well, good luck." And then there was some. There was at the end, and there was some even special. There was the, I, said, I said, "I don't really like knowing anything about music." He said, "Nor do we. It's fine." And then. Uh, <laughs> At the end, there was like a special bit with yeah. a, with a fence behind it. There was like these big, like looking like I the guess they were. Guys. Well, they looked like LA rappers or something like that. Jurassic Five. It might have been. There you go. So they look. They were. They look scary. I was going to go hello to them. Hello, I'm on as well. Hello, Jurassic Five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't. I don't. I don't know enough about music. Uh, but uh, I followed Bob Slayer, right? Who is a brilliant yeah. festival act because yeah. he basically looks insane, is drunk and off his face all yeah. the time anyway. That's it. Uh, and what his act, which I think worked very well, was uh, to read The Hungry Caterpillar whilst picking a bloke out of the audience to be the hungry caterpillar. Yeah, that's it, is he? He probably had the munchies anyway. (laughs) Probably good timing for him. And dressing him him in a big green uh, sleeping bag. there you go. And then making him eat eat all the things. Yeah. (laughs) Great. Yeah. That's it. 
That's it. I mean, you can't. So I came and went, oh, hello, it's me. I've got some jokes. Oh, yeah. And then had all these. Do you, do you have a kid friendly act? I accidentally um, grinded at a child in the front row <laughs> very early on, and it was very tough to get the. 20 or so people there back on board. <laughs> kind of said, I was talking about like chirpsing when you, you know, like when you text flirting. Yeah. And I was like, I have a bit on chirps. And I was like, oh, you like to chirps, don't you? And I was like, you like chirpsing, don't you, fella? And it was like he was five. <laughs> and then, like, his, his face was there and his mom kind of took him out after a couple of minutes. And it was hard I to get I sort of back blame them. I mean, it's any, any parent who brings. I mean, I, I came on and said, I really don't have any kids' jokes, you know. If you yeah. Know, and then the parents going, hooray! And then it, it was quite, got quite nasty. And then some people were leaving at the end. Yeah. And, and looking quite angry. And I said, well, you know, I did warn you. And said, oh. I think they were joking. But yeah. I said, you know, is it me that's bad or the kind of parent who would bring their children to this? That's it, why are you buying the kids there? <laughs> the evil. Um, we had a great... We, Pappies did this children's music festival. It's called Deer Shed Up York. It, it, it's designed for families. And so we were there. We had a, a child-friendly set. And the parents all stand around the outside of the marquee and the front is all the kids. They're all about seven. So I came out and I said, you all right, kids? I'm going to crowd surf. Just as a joke. Because they went, whoa, tended to jump on them. And they went, nah. So we did an hour. So all the way through, I was going, I'm going to crowd surf. I'm going to crowd surf. So right at the very end, the show had gone really well. And I sat on the end of the stage and went, I'm going to crowd surf now, kids. And I kept my bum on the side of the stage and kind of leant back to pretend I was going to crowd surf. And Crosby and Clarkey misread what I was doing and thought, he's going to crowd surf? So they pushed me out, <laughs> right, onto a sea of, like, seven-year-olds, right? And they bore me up for about three seconds. <laughs> it's like, it's this glorious moment. I felt like Gulliver. It was like, whoa, this is going to work. And then suddenly they just buckled, and I just went, bang, just, like, down on these kids. And one of them was stuck under my ass, And I had a radio mic on. And this kid just started going, yeah! It was like, but the kids who were like three or so metres away just thought something cool was happening and came forward like a crazy... It's like this nightmare. I was shouting, get back! And like Charlie was going, yeah! These kids were just going... And the dads had to like wade in. Wow. And throw the kids around. It was like saving Primer Ryan. <laughs> horrible. Do you think if you'd killed like three or four of those kids that Pappies would have been able to continue as a I was genuinely, and I got back to the stage, I went backstage and I was like, shit, we've really hurt that kid. Like, he was really crying. And in my head I was like, we could be sued here, but like, because it was in Yorkshire, like, <laughs> the, the dad came back with the son and went, this is Charlie, sorry he was crying, he's a soft shite. <laughs> <laughs> he's a soft shite. Come on, lad, let's go and watch I Am Clute. <laughs> and off they went. <laughs> thinking if that had been fucking St Albans it'd have been like you've hurt Tarquin <laughs> oh, thank god it was up north yeah oh yeah cool. tough audience kids they are well it's difficult to know how because yeah. I'm so rude uh, but then I, you know, I won this kid round by doing some you know by nicking some of Mr Tumble's acts there you go so you know, there's something in it in like being a strange old man. Tumble's a millionaire, isn't he? I would have thought so. Yeah, he said. I just noticed on the tube he's playing. Uh, he's in the railway children playing. You know, what the Bernard Cribbins part. Yeah. So he's you know, he's branching out. He's I, good. You know, he's really good. I had a chat with my mum about him literally uh, yesterday because my mum said because I'm trying to write some sketches for a kids uh, sketch show. My mum said, "Oh, Tom, you could be like Mr. Tumble. I do hope he's nice." And then my dad, who's a head teacher, said, "I heard he went to Tetnell Wood." for the summer fair and he was short with some of the staff and my mom said such a shame <laughs>
<laughs> and it was like a, I watched just like in a matter of five seconds the guy's entire reputation just yeah. be thrown away I was like mom he might have been having a tough day no why would he do that Tom why why can't he just be nice and it was like that's it's it it's like though. a superstar but I was thinking how difficult it must be for him yeah. doing anything he's got his own family I think I'm yeah. right in saying so like you know I went to a dance class with my daughter the other day and I kind of thought god if you were Mr Tumble yeah. and you came here all the kids were going yeah Tumble so you wouldn't be able to do anything like any activity 24-7 he gets yeah. that and so if you walk down the street just all the time yeah. So he only hangs out in strip clubs, is that why? <laughs> Maybe he does. I mean, he looks short patience on the shows, I would say. So. Yeah. So. <laughs> My favourite thing is when he just goes, uh, Mr. Tumble, when Justin, comes out to Justin, he goes, Mr. Tumble's funny. He's with the kid and goes, Mr. Tumble's funny. Mr. Tumble makes us laugh. He does it every time. But he's like indoctrinating what, the kids. The kids. Sort of going, it's the, kids don't realise, apparently, that it's the same person. Oh so, my God. so he's kind of going, yeah, God, he's funny. He makes us laugh. So, he, yeah, that's how he's managed to get to the this stage. Just bring up to kids. Yeah. Oh, and that other guy. Fine. This guy's great. Oh, I wish I was him. And pop on the nose <laughs> and off he goes. It's <laughs> a great trick. He's great. Uh, so, uh, and, and uh, he does a little sketch, sort of fast show, sketch show, which is actually not pretty bad. good. It's pretty good. It's where the money is. I have some kids, and you get you're allowed to watch all this stuff. It's great. Yeah. It's, mainly, it's mainly what I've talked about in this. Oh, really? Of, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to see I'm going to go to the Furchester Hotel you won't know what it is yet no. but it's like the Muppets but they've invited I wrote about wanting to have sex with one of the Muppets and they invited in the paper, you and they invited are me are going to make this happen <laughs> well, they invited me and my family which is a sort of mixed message <laughs> but I'm assuming they'll you know they'll, they'll distract my daughter and wife and then say go into this room and have sex with Fenella if you assuming I mean, if that doesn't happen, I'm going to be quite disappointed. It's a lot. It's in Salford. I'm going to go a long way. <laughs> it's a long way to go for nothing. If you get a blowjob off a muppet, yeah. is it technically a handjob? <laughs> like what? How do the legalities work on I that? I don't know. So I don't know what you know. I've been masturbated by a ventriloquist puppet. Honest? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Have you talked about this before? Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. Were you operating? Yeah, well, speak, uh, the comedian Stuart, you know Stuart Lee? Yeah. He used, to, he, he, used, he used to be on the telly. Uh, he's, uh, <laughs> he, when, I was, when we were teenagers, he once tried to cheer me up by masturbating me with a hundred-year-old ventriloquist dummy that my great-granddad made. Didn't, it didn't cheer me Did up. Did you finish? No. Okay. No, I didn't even get erect, really. That's a relief. If you had, that might be the end of your working relationship. Yeah. It's difficult. Uh, so, yeah, you have some kids, it's good. It's good. That's, that's okay. my message to you. You're getting, you know, you're getting on a bit. Right. Yeah. Sorry. A second ago, you, I thought it was sex with Muppets. Yeah. You have, have a kid have with a Muppet. With, you have to have sex with a human being. That's okay. the unpleasant part. Yeah. Get then that you create a human being, but then you get access to all the puppets. Right. Okay. <laughs> And it's not really a crime. Having sex with a puppet, it's not really a crime, is it? No. <laughs> is it? I don't, it's not, no, there's no... Unless they're genuinely alive, you know. If it's a living puppet, like Pinocchio. Would you fuck Pinocchio? No, he's not really my type. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing is, like, that he, Pinocchio could be, like, 100 years old, but he still looks like a little boy. And for, to some people, that's a real moral perfect. conundrum. Isn't <laughs> <That's there>? the... <laughs> <laughs> he said he was old enough. <laughs> oh, God. 
Scotland wacky, hasn't it? Oh, so I did, no, I prefer the fluffy ones. I don't, I don't, yeah, the splinters. Splinters, yeah. Splinters, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I was a kid, my dad made us a wooden slide. Oh, yeah. It's like child abuse, really. Yeah, yeah. Didn't even didn't varnish it. An unvarnished wooden slide. <laughs> Imagine that's what Pinocchio would leave you feeling like. <laughs> oh, he left me feeling like a wooden slide. <laughs> All right, we're talking of sex. Yeah. With puppets. No, this isn't with puppets. Uh, Dirty Brick Com Confessions. Have you seen this website? Yeah. Dirty Brick Com Confessions. Yeah, that you were in under the uh, sketch group. Section. First section. Crosby's obsessed with stuff like that. There, there's someone who wrote fan fiction about us. Oh, really? Like a situation where the three of us got locked in a room and ended up bumming. Yeah. And he kind of sent me a link to it at like two o'clock in the morning. Said, read this. <laughs> I was in bed with my girlfriend at the time and she was like, what's that? And I was like, Matthew's just sent me this thing. It was really strange. Really strange. Did he, did he say, let's make it happen? I, I don't know if that's why he was intimating, yeah. by sending it me at that time. Yeah. It's a strange old business being a sketch group of people, isn't it? It is. Well, we used to... I'm, because it, back in the 90s, yeah. when I was in Double Act, it was all like fanzine. There was a few odd fanzines of things like that. Yeah. People, people getting off with each other, imagining they were me and Stu. Really? There was a thing about two girls getting off with each other, imagining they were me and Stu, which is quite... A conflicting thing to think about it for many reasons. But they didn't have any, they had no puppets involved, so they didn't know how we operated. <laughs> they didn't know what our special bond was, as long as it was done through an intermediary. Yeah, that's. We were, we were happy to have separation. Anyway, these are, these are a couple of yours from Dirty Britcom Confessions. Really? Uh, yes. Uh, this is dinner, then a threesome with Daniel Kitson and Tom Parry. God. Which I quite like. The, you know, the dinner would be awkward, though, wouldn't it? As you're sitting there eating dinner with Daniel Kitson and this person. He did person. most of the talking. <laughs> then it's like you're aware where this is leading. It's the fact that there's dinner there first. What, and then... A th- and then you have to have a threesome with Kitson. Immediately after... Yeah, after dinner. You're still a bit full. The food's not the bit that concerns me, no. actually, funnily it's enough. It's odd to mention it. Would you be up for a threesome with Daniel? I mean, I imagine you would have to do some stuff with Daniel Kitson. For this person to be happy, would you be happy to do that? I, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I've never done a threesome. No. And I know Daniel, I play football with him. Yeah. And I think it might affect our game. <laughs> it might make you... We, I mean, it doesn't affect Premier League football. <laughs> it, I mean, like, it might make but, you have a better understanding of each yeah, other. Yeah, maybe that's why they do yeah. it. Maybe it helps them on the pitch. Did you know how, exactly how someone is going back and forth? Yeah. So actually, if I kick the ball there... I know that... I know his tongue will knock it know, in. My, <laughs> my cousin had a threesome with a guy once, yeah. and he said, uh, I, I kept on telling him he was doing it wrong, <laughs> and he lost his erection, <laughs> so I finished off. Oh, what a terrible image that is. Imagine being like, imagine him being heckled. Yeah. So what I wouldn't like is like, what one Kitson being like, oh, you got, you got that wrong. <laughs> That's my Daniel impression. <laughs> You're doing that wrong. <laughs> Don't want that. Okay. Have so you ever had a threesome? I have had a threesome. I've written about it in my book, How Not to Grow Up. Oh, there you go. People will have to buy if they want. It took a long time, and I was, I mean, to get or not the actual three, yeah. the threesome. I was, I was pretty impressive, but it was, uh, I was like in my, I was 40, so right. it was too late to have a threesome. Did it improve your understanding on the football field? I haven't played football since. I might, I might go out. It was with two women because I, that's how I think it wouldn't, oh, right. it wouldn't, um, It'd be the same, you know. No, no, that's it. It may be better at netball. 
Uh, you so, can advertise um, your services to yeah. netball teams. <laughs> Here's another one about you. Top ten in this round to my disgusting... Those are the days, damn it. Why did I, why did I get married? I spent oh, no. children. What a disaster. No, you were, you were encouraging me a minute ago. Threesome. Don't ever get married or have kids. <laughs> it's too late. It's too late for you to have a threesome. It's to be disgusting if you do it now. Uh, I speak as a voice of experience. It's disgraceful. I spend far too much... This isn't me. I spend far too much time thinking about, about which sketch troupe I want to gangbang me. Who are these people? <laughs> Who are these people? The cheeky boys of Pappies or the posh boys of the Penny Dreadfuls? Who yes. Think, who do you think we are better? Gang bang. There was um, quite a rivalry situation. back in the day between. Yeah. This was like five years ago now, yeah. though. The Penny Dreadfuls aren't really around anymore. No. And their fans used to dress up in Victorian costumes. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I would say this, but I think they're much more dependable. Like, I think you're guaranteed a good time with the Penny yeah. Dreadfuls. A good, solid gangbang. Yeah. Whereas with us, it's hit and miss. Yeah. You could have a cracking gangbang, or they could go, oh, that was a bit of a letdown, wasn't it? I think stick with the reliable Penny Dreadfuls. They're, they're sort of more classically good-looking, I think, on the whole. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, Whereas we'd be more likely, we'd probably have a bit of an off one and blame the room. Yeah. <laughs> like, ah, wasn't the right room for a gangbang, and, yeah. you know, it was a bit close to paydays, and there wasn't a lot of people there, and we're kind of very good at blaming our circumstances <laughs> rather than our own performance. So I reckon don't... I wouldn't yeah, depend on like, us for a good gangbang. They're bang. attractive men, and you do look like a sort of the PG tips chimps, I think, the three of you. <laughs> I, mean, I, think, I think between well, the three, you're the least chimp-like one of the three. Bless you for yeah. that. But look how chimp-like he is. So, you know, that says, that says a lot about the other two. If I had more hair, yeah. I think I'd be well away. Um, the Penny Dreadfuls, I think, are one and a half good-looking. Yeah. And we're probably one good-looking. <laughs> like, uh, if, you, if you take the average of the members. Yeah, maybe. Think if you cobbled all of us together, we're we're about one good-looking guy. Made you into one. If it's sort of an awful Frankenstein's monster, yeah, human centipede. Terrible, terrible. That'd image. be quite good to do that. To no, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. If I was a mad scientist, I would do. I'd try and make the work to make it, it the more perfect cost sketch group. We'll just make you one. Per, take a sketch group and make you one person who's got the best attributes of the three. Either the best looking or the funniest. Which yeah, we want to get do. So we'd. T- I don't know what we'd take for, of. I mean, you're. We'd want to get rid of Matthew Crosby's very small. Yes, I, that's all I talked to. He's very about. small and hairy. Yeah, so we'd want to get rid of his smallness, but you know, he's got nice hair. Yeah, and it might just be his hair. I think right. Crosby's <laughs> Crosby's hair. Um, and actually, the re- the other two of you are weird. That's it. Yeah. So basically, the only thing you like about puppies is Crosby's hair. Yeah, I could just take. What a weird way to insult the guy. (laughs) (laughs) That question went a very long route to insult me. Um, good, well that's some nice fun So let's ask you some emergency questions Talking to Matthew Crosby You're the perfect person to answer this emergency question Yes um, Who would you prefer to, you know, I've asked a lot of people who don't know who Matthew Crosby is this question so Yeah, been, most people don't it's know It's been who quite Crosby surreal uh, But would you, who would you rather died Windsor Davis or Matthew Crosby's wife Fuck <laughs> Fuck it out it came out of talking to Matthew Crosby. What did Crosby say? Um, I think he had to think quite hard about I think, it. <laughs> um, Windsor Davis, as in the guy from... It ain't half hot mum. It ain't half hot mum. Yeah, and whatever the choice he's, he's had his time, hasn't he? It's yeah, got well, to be Windsor why. Davis. I don't want to wish death on anyone, I but... Mean, you know, Matthew Crosby's wife is quite young. And I was kind of... I was best man at their wedding. Mm-hmm. So I think as part of my duty 
he's <laughs> part of best man. I can't really wish death on her over. As she's being executed, she's going, but you were Matthew's best man. Go, but it's, <laughs> it's Windsor Davis. Think of all it's a bit warm, isn't it? <laughs> Windsor Davis? I don't think Windsor Davis would be killing her. That would, then Windsor Davis would have to go to... Someone they, else yeah, no, the person who lives has to kill the you person. So? Yeah. so you're asking Matthew Crawford's wife to murder Windsor Davis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think she could cope with that psychologically after that happened. Is Windsor Davis uh, still active? <laughs> <laughs> what was the last thing you saw him do? Um, <laughs> it might be, you know, he's he might a- welcome it. <laughs> I just think I'm, I've had a good, I've had a good innings. I mean, he's definitely had a good innings. I mean, he is, he is alive. We have had some debate about whether he's alive, at least at the time of recording. Um, you should get him on. Oh yeah, I'd love to. I love Winter yeah. Davis. I will. I'll try and get him on in October. Would you keep Winter Davis alive than over Matthew Crosby's wife? No, I like, I like Matthew Crosby's wife. He's done very well for himself there. She's a very yes. Everyone, well, everyone says to her. That's your husband. <laughs> he goes, she goes, yeah. Go, oh, he's done well. Yeah, he's done very well. well. I mean, yeah. most men, that's yeah, true. Yeah, it's very true. It's very true. Uh, most men, you've done well to get a girlfriend, I think. <laughs> for, for most men. Well done for a day or so. Well done. How disgusting. I mean, when you think about it, really, it's horrible, isn't it? What's horrible? The human species and everything about it. Yeah. And procreation. Someone like, you like puppets so yeah, much. <laughs> so much more dependable, aren't they, puppets? Yeah. They are. <laughs> uh, I will ask you this question then. Yes. Um, uh, kettle crisps are not as nice as they once were. What? Um, crisp? Kettle, kettle crisps? crisps. Kettle crisps are you not think as they've nice. they've lost their way? Let me get through the question. <laughs> Sorry. Kettle crisps are not as nice as they once were. Yeah. Have I changed or have they? Don't answer. That's not the question. Still not the question. No. If you could travel back in time to compare any food of today with an equivalent in the past, part one, what time would you travel to? Part two, what food would you take with you and then sample the version of the other food? Oh, my God. So I would take kettle crisps yeah. back to 2005, whenever they invented. Yeah. And then I would eat one from now, and then I would eat one from then, and i go, yes. Or, <laughs> it was me. So what would, what would you, what would you, is there any, you know, it doesn't have to be in your lifetime, it could be a food historically that you were interested in finding out what it was like in the old days, it could be just something you're fascinated with now. I mean, you know, it's probably something you've never thought about before. It's, it's probably, is I'm feeling for you, but there's, <laughs> it's a hell of a I'm, question. I'm going to wait for an answer. <laughs> I'm not moving on until I have an answer. Um... Well, I mean, like, I'm a massive fan of... I mean, like, pizza's my kind of food. Yeah. But that hasn't... Pizza's not really gone anywhere, has it? Oh, I think... I think, it's, I think it has... Because I, I was... This was... I tried to make this into an emergency question. It didn't quite work. But the Why? other day... It's a well, cracking day, question. This, no, this, this is a different one. The other oh. day I was walking past Domino's Pizza in, in uh, the Exford Road, and it was closed down, and, uh, and they were gutting it, presumably to make it into Domino's Pizza again, but maybe yeah. not. And we'd had a Domino's Pizza quite recently, and it was fucking disgusting... And I realised that every time I've had a Domino's pizza, I've just felt sick yeah. and disgusted, yeah. and it has no nutritional value and it's yeah. horrible. Yeah. And then as I walked past, I said, I'm never having another Domino's pizza. But it would taken me a long time to yeah. realise, and that was my epiphany. This was my epiphany. But they used to be nice. They used to be nice. My epiphany with Domino's was we ordered one. We were filming up in Glasgow. We ordered uh, a massive Domino's order, and they delivered them uh, vertically <laughs> instead of horizontally. <laughs> and... Uh, 
the something about the shape of pizza gets away with a lot because when it's when it's compacted into like a mush, which is what it was, yeah. it just arrived as a mush. Uh, we were like, this is awful. We can't eat this, can we? <laughs> we were so hungry, and it was just like just lumping this mush into yeah. my gob. You realise this isn't good stuff. Yeah. This is a bad thing. You but could, I finished it. You could, you. <laughs> we could, did this. We, you could travel back to when the pizza was about to be before it was in leaving. the box. Yeah, and see if it was <laughs> as good. See if it was nicer than. What a terrible answer to that question. <laughs> I travel back to the moment that they didn't put my pizza vertically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and see, and then take some of the pizza, the vertical pizza, eat a bit of that. Yes, that's what I do. I travel back in time. Some would travel back and kill Hitler as a baby. Yeah. Not me. <laughs> well, this isn't, well, that isn't on offer. It's interesting because that. <laughs> It's interesting because that's the first example within it. Usually you're taking back a similar food thing to, to eat, something See, similar. Yeah. But in this case, you would actually be eating the exact same the exact food. same pizza. And then when that met in your stomach, would that destroy the universe? Yeah. The two, because the two things could not exist in the that's same That's exactly space. what I'd do, yeah. I'd take, back ver- I'd take my vertical pizza back yeah. 20 minutes to when it was a horizontal pizza and see what happens. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good question, isn't it? Here's, it is, an, yeah. here's another good question. Don't get me started on calzone. This is. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I've not seen the point of uh, calzone, and that's so why I won't. Uh, this is a very good question. This is a very good question, which always leads somewhere amazing. No pressure. Have you ever flown a kite? Oh yeah. Yeah. See, my dad. Let's talk about that for half an hour. <laughs> Well, my dad's, my dad's thing, which is a really weird thing, because we go to the same holiday every year. We go to Devon every year. When I'm not in Edinburgh, I'll go to Devon with my family. My dad loves flying a kite, but not like a stunt kite. He's had the same kite for 20 years, and his thing is, is length. Right. So every year, he buys a new ball of string and adds it to the already existing string and says, let's see how far out it'll go. <laughs> and he stands there on the beach. And he unwinds it and he unwinds it. And it must, like, it looks like it's about half a mile up. Like, it looks incredible. Yeah. It takes him about an hour and he lets it out. And then it stays up there when he's happy. Then he winds it back in. And every year, he adds to the string to see if it can get further and further. And that's his thing, his distance. Yeah. And it's like, it is the most unspectacular kite flight ever. I like the way he's doing it in stages. It's not like thinking, I'll, put, I'll just add a shitload on this year. Oh, no, so no. He's taking it year by year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we, the last year was successful. <laughs> yeah. Let's not take any risks. Yeah. Let's add a, just another length of yeah. string. So, my, so the responsibility is, when he's got it out there, you go and you take it off him for a bit. Right. And you have it for about 15 minutes. Yeah. And then he has it back. <laughs> so the, the big thing is, like, it can't break on your watch. Right. You'll probably be cast cast out of the that family start again yeah well that's it and yeah. he you know and how, yeah. how many years has he got left that's the question isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the would, he ever, would he ever get that's back what this question is really yeah. about is mortality it is. <laughs> see I told you it was a good question wasn't it we've yeah. never got that have yeah you? have you flown a kite yeah is it yeah. in your book <laughs> no it's in the book I've mentioned it I've, I've, I have three at least three kite based stories and no one ever asked you for them, so you know that's why it's a good question. Yeah, I can't take the credit. That's uh, Ali Ali's randomage. That's one of his random yeah, yeah, questions yeah. from Ali's randomage. Not a fan of those arseholes who um, who like skateboard along the beach by kite. Yeah, give it a rest, mate. <laughs> 
not a fan of them. No. You know what I mean? I do, yeah, yeah. It's a bit much, isn't it? Are you, are you jealous, slightly jealous of them? <sighs> no, I mean, come on. <laughs> it's a bit much, isn't it? Well, I don't know if I've really seen this happening. Skate, there's skateboarders along the beach yeah. with their kites, and then there's the other bellends who sit on, like, a little seat, and, like, they have pulleys, and they just go along the dunes. Yeah. And it's not quite parachuting. It's not quite kiting. Yeah. It's this shitty in-between. <laughs> just think, have what you... are you doing? Yeah. Have you ever... Am I alone in that? So I think do you, know you all more do about this? kites than most of the audience. I should just do a kite-based podcast, and then the audience would all know about kites. The Kite Runner with Richard Herring. <laughs> and then it'd be much, this would be a much more exciting moment for the audience. Yeah. But I love it, so, you know, fuck them. Yeah. I don't care. Um, I don't think any of these people came to see you talk about kites. No. Of the five people that came to see you. <laughs> I hope he talks about kites. Can I ask you this, then? Yes. Uh, have you ever tried sushi? Yeah, um, I'm a vegetarian now, though. Oh, you? So yeah. I There's can't. Vegetarian sushi. Yeah, but that's not like you know. Yeah. It's not. You don't eat sushi for the rice, really, <laughs> do you? It's like that's the worst bit. So the, yeah. the, the fish is kind of like the best bit. Yeah. And I've stopped eating. I've kind of removed all joy from my life. I used yeah. to love eating meat, love eating fish, and love drinking, and now I don't do any of those things. Like what's what's made this change occur? Um, I was turning 30, right. and I thought, shall I change something yeah. in my life? And I chose that. To the vegetarianism. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think I enjoyed it because I liked talking about it. Yeah. And, then I, I, and then that gets tired. And then uh, and now, as a matter of pride, I can't go back. Yeah. Because all the people who you, thought I was a bell end talking about it yeah. are waiting for me to go back. Yeah, you can eventually. So That's why I was vegetarian for a long time, and basically until I was 30. Yeah, I would tell that. Yeah, so from like 18 to 30. And, yeah. I, and I, that was one of the things that kept me in there for the last five pride. years. Well, it was just like people are going to give me a fucking yeah, hard time. That's it. So, that's like, it. towards the end, I was eating bacon at home. Not like, telling anyone. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But then, like, buying bacon, oh. then you've got to eat it all, though. If you buy a pack of bacon, you, you can't leave it in the fridge. The you've got to eat it Oh, God, that's sordid. Just near the end. And then I sort of thought, this is this now... Is this, this is, is now bad. <laughs> this is bleak. Just doing a full uh, pack of bacon yeah. on your own. Yeah. <laughs> Wafting the smell out the window so no one can... It was bacon that I'd really missed. Yeah. So that was the thing that... That's what most people say. It's yeah. like I was vegetarian, then I cracked and had yeah. a bacon sandwich. Um, so then I had a year when I was, where I was eating, was eating fish and then I went, fuck it. Yeah. Just grim, innit? Yeah. It, it's just boring, that's it. It's just going to a restaurant, especially going to a nice restaurant and, like, yeah. having risotto every time yeah. there's only so many risottos you can have it is that's bad it's, it's better now than yeah. it used to be I, I, I think the way around it is to make sure that, the, <laughs> that you appreciate the animal sacrifice that's not good it enough is, it is so Just if go, you thanks pig if I nah. if I I think like leaving meat behind is you know having some meat and then not eating it is disrespectful I think <laughs> And so now you leftover meat. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's your compromise. I won't leave any. I won't leave it. If I'm eating meat, I, I, I respect the animals. But I also realise that um, you're not saving any animals by being a vegetarian. You're quite. No, no you're not. Because no. they, they won't exist. If, I mean, the fish will. The fish will exist. But all the other animals, 
just won't exist because it's not like the farmer's going to go, well, we haven't sold enough meat this week. Well, we're just going to let that cow go and go live in that <laughs> Have a good life. They will just go, well, let's kill that cow and, and we won't have so many cows next year. Oh, God. So it doesn't Should say... We go for a burger? It doesn't, <laughs> say, it doesn't say... I think if you want... I, I very much... Just, there's a lot of uh, vegetarian and vegan comedians and I think there's... Uh, yeah. I think, you know, it's a... I understand... Uh, the motivation behind it because I was vegetarian yeah. for a long time. I hate, uh, no, I but I, th- I, I hate vegans. I, th- like, <laughs> I find it really hard to be a vegetarian, and I feel like I'm being a really good guy if I'm being a vegetarian. And then you meet a vegan, and they're like, "Oh, I'm a vegan." And it's like, "Oh, fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> oh, you eat cheese. Oh, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Don't judge me because it's hard to be a vegan. And there's really a lot is. of comedian vegans. There are. There's a lot of them. Why is that? Because the same thing, they're all trying to show off to each other. Yeah, it becomes a it, war yeah. of attrition. Yeah. And then, you know, they, one's done it and go, well, I've got to do it now, I've got to stop eating. Then one will go, I'm just eating fruit that's fallen off trees. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'm just eating uh, <laughs> just <laughs> vegetables that have grown in the clefts of my own body. Yeah. And I'm not planting anything in there. <laughs> the seed has to fall in there. Just lick. And if it falls and grows in there, and I know it's not going to sustain, yeah. I will eat that. Just lick sweat. Yeah. That's I, I, I wonder how long you could survive just eating parts of yourself. I mean, not by cutting anything off. No, just that's by, a documentary I'd watch. Just by sort of scraping skin, bo- Whoa, bogey, bogey, bogeys. Hair. I mean, it's not so good for you. Well, you've got hair on your body. You, you can shave off. hair. You could shave that off, eat that. Toenails? <laughs> a little bite. Toenails? Toenails. I eat my fingernails. Yeah. Um, are we going to say poo-poo? <laughs> I think you could try, but I don't think... Um, I'm not sure that it would have any nutritional value. <laughs> I, think that's the pro- I think that's the basic problem with poo. Yeah. Drink, I mean, I think... You'd have to be very strict to say, I'm only going to drink my own wee as well, but that could be part of it, of this strict... Imagine if you become that comedian. That's what I'm going to become. I'm going to become the comedian that only eats stuff off his own body. <laughs> Occasionally, you might have to go, I've got to lose a finger, because I'm going to die. And oh, you're going to start finger. eating yourself. Well, you might have to eat the... You might have to eat your finger or something. There's the whole... Um, yeah, but I don't use that much anymore, so I could get rid of that. Yeah. Protein. Yeah. Crystally, though, isn't it? Oh, God. <laughs> this is very bleak. Yeah. Seven months. Seven months, you think you'd survive? Yeah. That lady's going... She didn't know She's this off. was going to be the date that she was going on. <laughs> <laughs> she thought she'd come to Miss UK. <laughs> and there uh, she's... Are you all right? It's going to lose. She's going, God, they haven't yeah. talked about moving mistakes once. Oh, I'm leaving. <laughs> I think she thought this is a good time to go to the loo. Or maybe just thought, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving to give that a... So let's get started on this new life. She's got some monch on her own. <laughs> yeah, she's gone to... <laughs> she's gone for a snack. Gross. Gross. Well, ladies have an extra, you know, an extra... Every month there's a little... Uh... <laughs> what? Oh... That's a lot. There's a lot of iron I thought you were going to say milk. I thought you were going to say milk. <laughs> you, went, you generally went there before milk. Well, What's wrong have, with you? I think it would be irresponsible for a mother to take this diet. You'd have to be a mother to, have the, to be lactating. And then you'd be... Oh, yeah, OK. And then you'd be drinking the baby's milk. And also, I think, be emaciated. And die. And die. No, I don't think you'd last very long, but you'd have moral superiority over the vegans, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be one in the eye for Sarah Pascoe. <laughs> <laughs> so there's always that. Yeah. 
And, you know, it's interesting, would a vegan eat their own, would a vegan, vegan eat their own bogeys or their own... Yeah, good question. Yeah, because yeah. that's been yeah, produced vegan. by an animal. Or their own semen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Michael Legg. <laughs> would you drink your own jizz? <laughs> would a vegan, having sex with another vegan, would they just have to, you know, say no? I'm... No, sorry. Sorry, at this point we you're an animal. <laughs> I can take Vegans are allowed contact with living things, aren't they? <laughs> they're not, they're they're not, not allowed to in the take bubble. any produce. <laughs> so a vegan can't get pregnant because you can't... Not allowed. Eat, that's still eating it. <laughs> <laughs> that's still a certain ingestion, isn't it? I mean, I don't, I'm not sure that's how it works. <laughs> I think it is. That's it? I think mean, that's the vegan you Them's have to rules. be Them's to the beat the other ones. If that's what you're worried about. I'm but I would say... It. Should we give it a year and see? <laughs> Let's see how we look. Let's do talk, Toby. Come back and be my first guest in the new, the new series. See how we both look. Beautiful. I'm okay for it. <laughs> good. It's a good question, wasn't it? Yeah. Was, <laughs> was that how you ever tried sushi? Is that where that oh, That's how it started. That's how it started. That's the best response that question's ever had. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this yes. is a good one. I don't ask this one enough. I think this, is a, this, is, this will take us even further. Uh, do you ever worry that you've already lived your life and are now in a care home with Alzheimer's disease <laughs> and what you perceive as reality is just a distorted memory of the first time this happened? <laughs> I would prefer a yes or no answer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it is yes, yeah. it's not bad, is it? <laughs> like, this is pretty cool for a... Uh, if I'm just, you know... Yeah, do you think that you get the, uh, the highlights of that? If you're in that situation, do you think you relive everything, or do you think you relive the, the good... Because I'm so flattered I'm, that you've chosen this moment. That's I know, the, yeah. That's what <laughs> this is clearly an important cho- moment <laughs> yeah, for me. It is. Well, it's the moment I decided to stop ingesting this. <laughs> of course I'd come back to this moment. It's why I ended up in a care home. Because <laughs> of following all the rules that we just made. <laughs> this is in two weeks' time. <laughs> should have eaten. He's just sending a message back to the teacher. Don't listen to the guy. <laughs> so what? Sorry, I'm, I'm in a care home reliving my life again. Well, you know, like when my grandma was like 101 years old, she yeah. would, you know, she couldn't remember anything, but she would sometimes remember her dad or something like that and have memories of that sort of thing. And you get that idea. You know, there are people who obviously are... Yeah, I'd like. I'd like to think if I was doing that, I'd remember myself, but with hair. I'd like yeah. remember. I'd, I'd go back and remember all the scenes, but I'd have a full head of hair. It'd be great. Like, I think that's but the you might thing. have a full head of hair. You can't see your own hair, can you? From where you're. Oh, that's a tragedy. So I'm <laughs> a, an old your own man head. with a full head of hair but who's yeah. dreaming about being no, a bald man have, in his thirties who drinks his own jizz. You might have a. Well, my, you might have a full have head of hair. Medication. In the memory, you're not. You can't see your own head. You're, you don't get a third person memory do it's not like a TV show where you go back your memories and the camera's over there looking at it from your perspective your memory is from inside your own eyes and you haven't touched your hair or looked in the mirror so you don't know I have looked actually I've not looked in the mirror during this conversation oh right so you might have a full head of hair (laughs) imagine imagine if I just did yeah this is like the bit in Bill and Ted when they can start, but then you did go back and now you've got a gun. Yeah. Imagine if... No, anyway. That's, a, that's not so great a question. I mean, it's not as good as if you ever tried sushi. <laughs> you would think... I just love the idea of that, someone coming up with that as a question. That's from MarshallJonesJr.com. 
he's bothered to write that down. He thought, yeah. He thought that's a good question. Some people won't have tried sushi. No. <laughs> do you think it'll be? Do you think when you end up in an old people home, though, it'll be quite? It'll be a bit like your kind of uni days again, because you're all in the dorm and you're kind of fucking around. It's kind of what I'd like to think. It's like yeah, it's not. It's I tell you, a lot my... of them are single again. Yeah, and it's kind of like a chance. Well, no, they are, though, aren't they? Because that's why they're in the home. There's an element kind of get a chance of, uh, of like, oh, should we go again? There's an element of camaraderie in it. I would say. I, what, I don't know if I've talked about this before on this podcast. I, what, I, went, I went to see my grandma a few times. Yeah. she was in a hosp- uh, hospice in Wells. So every time I went back to uh, see my parents, we'd you know Christmas, we'd go and see it. Yeah. And but what there was li- there was two floors. There was a lift that went up two floors. And one time we got in the lift and we thought we pressed button two, but we'd obviously pressed button one. Yeah. And my grandma's ward was quite nice and light, and you went in, and, it was, and everyone was quite friendly, and some people were, were able to have conversations with you. Yeah. And the, on floor one, though, it was just... Ah! <laughs> it was absolutely... T- you walk I down, thought you were going to say wall-to-wall fucking. It was... Yeah! It was wall-to-wall. It felt like it was darker. It felt, right, right. It felt like the lights were flickering. I'm, that's, I'm the... sure that's not happened. That didn't happen. But it was literally just walking down the corridor, going... Oh! They were so unhappy. Oh God! And it just made you see that because you've got you want it all yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is all love, but it's not. So, did you get the phone call where they said we've moved it to Ward One? <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh no! It was so nice to realise we were on the because both the floor, the corridors looked exactly the same. Yeah. So we walked round right down to the end, and as only one got to the end, that we realised it wasn't the right one. Right. And it was then nice to go up and see just my happily. <laughs> um, uh, Alzheimer's disease grandma who, right. who didn't know who I was or anything. Yeah, um, so ignorance is bliss. Yeah, so it's. <laughs> I often wish I didn't know who you were. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind you not knowing. It was. It was. It's a very odd. Uh, <laughs> it's very odd to. But my, right, my grandma coped with it really well because she, she was for years. She was sort of just would get by. She had a yeah. boy. Yeah, she yeah. had a boyfriend. Did she? Yeah. So she, she got like a toy boy. He was like. Uh, Ten, she was 95 and he was 80. In the home? No, this is before the home. Oh, right. But like she would, he would help her a bit, but then she would go, oh, we'd be at a party and I'd go to her. And she'd go, oh, well, we know this young man, don't we, Ken? And I'd go, yeah, yeah, you do know my grandma and your grandson. You know, but yeah. she, would, she was quite clever about finding a way to, Covering. Yeah, to cover herself. But, uh... um, it's a tra- horrible. Never grow old. <laughs> Tony Blair was right. Is that what he said? He said, if the contor- didn't he say, if the Tories get in, don't grow old, don't be... <laughs> Oh, Kinnock, was it? <laughs> same, same bloke, innit? Yeah. Anyone who's not Jeremy Corbyn, am I right? Yeah. Might as well be Margaret Thatcher, eh? Might as well be Hitler. <laughs> they probably know what's happened by, by uh, now in the future, that Jeremy Corbyn is still... The, still clinging the, on. He's still, he'll still be there. Oh. I don't know, I just don't know. I voted for him. Did you vote for him? No, I didn't have a vote. I'm going to vote this time. You are? Yeah, I paid £25. Are you going to vote again? Well, is this... I prefer not to say, yeah. but I think I've made my... Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think i probably... I mean, it's sort of weird that you feel you can't... I mean, I, I like him, and I'd like him to be... I'd like, yeah, I'd like yeah, the yeah. Labour Party to encompass all the people it encompasses, yeah. and I'd like people like him to be in the Labour Party, but, but I don't want him to be the leader of the Labour Party. Uh, Okay. And, but it's weird if you say, because you, even if you just mention that, you know, you get a lot of shit, which I also yes. don't like, because I think, you know, but you, the, both ways as well, I think, to be fair. What is weird is from the moment he got in, more than any other leader of a party in my lifetime, 
every kind of power that be has conspired to ridicule and get rid of him. Yeah. So it's clear that the establishment doesn't like having people like him in charge of parties. Now, admittedly, he's proven that he's not very capable of being in charge of a party. But it's very interesting to see the reaction to somebody like him getting that position. Yeah, I'm not sure it's about. I'm not really sure it's about that. I think we absolutely need someone who's going to, yeah. uh, you know, turn politics around and change the way it is. Yeah. But I just think it's not now. Is not the time. We're really in this yeah, yeah. incredibly dangerous situation. Thanks to all the idiots who don't live in London. Uh, so, uh, hi there, everyone. How you doing? Uh, so, uh, you know, actually, I think the, it's an incredibly dangerous um, time we're in. Yeah. Oh, Especially yeah. if, no, no, you know, by the time this, this Trump might be the president of the United States, in which case, yes. I'm just going on the fact that we'll all be dead by the time this goes out, so it doesn't matter what I say now. Oh, that's okay, then. <laughs> the people in the room are not enjoying it, but the, the it, people in the future... It does feel like that's the only way this year can end now, is with Trump becoming president. <laughs> yeah. Like, it feels like that's 2016's logical conclusion. It'd be really weird if this film has a happy ending. <laughs> like, it's already the bleakest... It just feels like, why wouldn't Trump become president in 2016? Going, I think he's going to. Yeah. I do think he's going to, because I think it's... It, it's because people miss... It, it's the same as Farage. It's, you know, in a way, it's the same as Corbyn, though. I don't think Corbyn and Farage are in any way the same. No. But it's, but it's uh, you know, it's, it's the similar thing, because people are, are trying to protest. Yeah. And so people have made this protest vote about Brexit, which is a sort of punch in their own face, mm. and might destabilise Europe and cause a nuclear war, especially even without Trump, but definitely with Trump. Not definitely, but, you know, <laughs> probably. Uh, but then, you know, but Trump is the same yeah. thing. It's all these guys going, yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the last kick. In the same way that ISIS is the last kick of religion, it really is. It's, it's like yeah. the, it's, it's, uh, it's a, a past thing. They're all, the, they're all a past thing that, that really we've got past, and it, the, you've, it's their last kick against it. So the way to... It, it happened with Christianity in Europe. Yeah. Know, a, a few hundred years ago, uh, and it happens with the, as things change. The, the perceived guard, the perceived guardians of America, white middle class men or white men, suddenly feel that they're being challenged, which you know they aren't really, but they should be in any case. And and so then they react against that. They'll all vote. And I don't think the other. I don't think Hillary's no. got, got the support. Which maybe Bernie thingy Saunders might. Colonel Sanders might have had it, money Because <laughs> of the chick, free chicken and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Could have done that. Colonel Sanders would probably stand a good chance in the US elections. <laughs> like, if they turned him out as a candidate, I'd yeah. bet he'd get a good turnout. But now I think everything's changed because I don't think, you know, even if Trump doesn't win it, they won't, they've learned from this yeah. all the way. And yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's Michael Gove saying that thing about the uh, experts, which, uh, you know, no one cares about experts anymore. He obviously realised that was the kind yeah, of yeah. Watching someone like so Gove rather, play that trick was like, oh god. But you know, he knows that people don't people don't trust experts. So to say, I don't, you know, to say that is like getting on board with that to get the votes, yeah, yeah, yeah. rather than going, oh, well, actually, we probably do need probably experts should trust experts to make things run properly. So it's now just about getting votes. Yeah. And so if people think, oh, if I say a load of stupid Katie Hopkins shit, I'll become the president of the United States, then someone will get it. Won't they? Someone worse than Trump will get it. Yeah. So we're we're fucked. And it's all down to the people who voted for Brexit. So uh, that's. I hope you're happy with yourself. I know there's some of you in here. Uh, <laughs> do you play that game on like trains and buses and things where it's like who's Brexit, who's Remain? My wife is really. My wife does. It's, my wife is so furious about it. Yeah. So I mean, she won't. She won't. She's got members of her family and yeah, friends too. that she won't that's talk it. to. Yeah. 
Uh, no, I do. I sit in coffee shops. I was doing it today. Sit in coffee shops. I look around and I think, you're Remain. You're Brexit. You're Brexit. And even when someone cut me up yesterday, and I hung my horn and I thought, he's a fucking Brexit. That guy is Brexit. I was extra angry with him because I, I just knew he'd voted Brexit. Yeah. So it's crazy. Yeah, we're living in horrible times of, ah! of, pre- of prejudice in both directions. Yeah. I mean, the day after it, I think, you know, the day after the result, I think I was walking my daughter through the park and there was loads of guys, old guys, playing, bowl, you know, green lawn bowls. Brexit, Brexit, yeah. Brexit. <laughs> but I, was just going, I was basically saying to my daughter, these are the guys who've wrecked your future. And I almost wanted to shout at them as... Yeah. And tell them that's what they need. Come and tell my daughter what you And then done. I kind of thought, they might not have done rich. Don't judge people because they they're... did it. They oh. did. Yeah, they did. Oh, it's horrible. Here's a question. That yeah. It happened. Oh, do, you want, do you want to keep talking about this? Well, we can do. I mean, I'm, I'm aware that it's dull for the, uh, I mean, the people in the future, yeah. is all I'm saying. Yeah. You have much worse troubles to worry about. Yeah. Than, <laughs> they're no, looking back with this. What were they complaining about? They did great back then. <laughs> Yeah, no, never mind, never mind. No. Let's, uh... <laughs> it's, I mean, it's exciting, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's exciting times to be alive in, right? Never knowing if you're going to get to the end of your next tube journey. So it's, um, <laughs> one way or the other. <laughs> and the excitement is you won't know whether it was just someone who was crazy or a terrorist or what. You know, that's... You never find out who killed you. <laughs> Is it just a nut? Oh my god, is this has really taken a is turn. It, is it just a nut game? I mean, is it an accident? Was someone having a laugh that got out of hand? <laughs> or was it a proper terrorist? That's all we have to worry about. I love the oh, way the room. Was it a party that's, popper that's, that went wrong? Like the, the news is like when it's when it's they're going, oh, it's terrorist, then it's not a terrorist. It's like, oh, oh it's all right, wasn't it terrorist? It's just You're a crazy go- guy. <laughs> it's just a crazy guy. It's fine. What? Was it a terrorist? What a fun genuinely world, isn't it? Just genuinely, that is much more scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's just someone yeah. can be crazy. Yeah. No, it's fine. It's just a crazy guy. Thank God he didn't have links. Oh, poor relief. <laughs> he didn't have links. He just like pipe bombs. Great, fine. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about you. Uh, oh, finally. Yeah, let's talk about you. We'll go back to you. Uh, so you were the 2015th uh, Best Newcomer Perrier Foster's Award nominee. I was nominated for Newcomer, yeah. Yeah, Best Newcomer. My 10th year of going up to the fringe. Yeah. 35 years old. I've been going since 2005. And I got a Newcomer nomination. Yes! <laughs> did it feel weird to get... I mean, did it feel like... I was embarrassed. Like, yeah. I, I, like, it's always nice to get a nomination, but I was like, I really hope I don't win because it would have been really awful. People would have gone, really? That guy? <laughs> you don't want to be that guy. He's like, you know... So I was really relieved when a genuine newcomer won. Like, yeah. Sophie Hagen won, and she's a genuine newcomer and is building a career. Yeah. You know, so... Uh, you know, whereas I, you know, I've had my, you know, I've had my career. I've written on movie mistakes. Exactly. Two, three, and four. <laughs> what more could I have? You know, so, <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was weird. It's it a was weird. weird. But no, I mean, it was obviously a, a, a good show. You had the seventh best joke of the Edinburgh Fringe that year, and the... which was really they again they published that in the Sun, <laughs> right. and like so, my nan rang me, and that's for me that my nan was like, I've made it now, yeah, because I had a joke that was in the Sun, yeah. Um, but they're weird, those lists, because they don't ask you no. whether they can use your joke, and then they just publish your joke, 
and it goes for two days it goes around the newspapers and then it ruins that joke for the rest of Edinburgh <laughs> yeah. and because it's your best joke you put it in a bit of the show where you know you need a laugh <laughs> and then that stops working so it kind of fucks you for the final week because a lot of people have heard it only yeah. like in Edinburgh because it's yeah. such a bubble but you didn't if you don't even because I think Dan Antipolsky won it one year yeah. you get 1500 quid or something you get some, like, some yeah. money yeah, in, yeah, the, yeah. in a cup and stuff if you win I mean it's again it's the idea of judging a joke. A joke. All the the things said at the Edinburgh Fringe, yeah. and then doing a top ten list yeah. of the, and then coming in going, I've got the seventh best joke. <laughs> like it's so underwhelming. <laughs> you know Tom Parry. I'm the guy who wrote the seventh best joke of 2015. It's good. Do you, want, do you want to hear the joke? Yeah. They won't laugh because they, they won't laugh now. No, because no, it's, it's no, in fact, genuinely, I had to do this thing on uh, radio the other day, and they said you wrote the seventh best joke of last year. What was it? And so, like, when you tell it in that context, no one laughs. They go, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a horrible exchange. Make sure nobody laughs at it. Let's all listen to it. God, no! Just only laugh if you think it is definitely in the top seven jokes of 2015. (laughs) It's it's quite good. You might think, you might laugh at it. But be honest with yourself, though. It's, oh is it as good as what, where does a bird put its sexual this is never just to give you some context right. where does a bird leave its sexual organs when it goes to a nightclub in the cloaca room has never been in any top ten lists didn't get the nod no didn't hasn't, it hasn't been in any shows either apart from this so maybe I'll get this 26 <laughs> give me 2016 I'm going to go to Edinburgh to just do that joke <laughs> it's going to be called the cloaca room is the yeah. name going to be the name of the show <laughs> People are coming. Fifty-eight minutes of build-up. Fifty-eight minutes of this is going to be great, guys. There'll be fifty-eight minutes of me explaining what a cloaca is, yeah, and what a cloakroom is, yeah, to anyone who is too young to remember what a cloakroom is <laughs> and the clo- yeah. cloaks are. And then do, I'll do, go. Yeah. So we all know what the 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 facts about yeah. those things are. So. You could do 20 minutes of the Justin's Room trick of being in the audience going, oh, the joke that this guy's going to tell is brilliant. He's really good. And then I pop back, see oh, that. you come. Put on a red nose. Tell the joke. Tell the joke. And then people go, that, but hey, Rich, the punchline was the, ne- was the title of the show. You could have given that. The problem with oh, you is yeah. this is actually something that you would do. <laughs> this is genu- You'll be crowdfunding for this in two months' time. <laughs> what was your joke? You know, I'm, I'm sorry to have set the standard so high with the cloaca room. Like the cloaca room. It's like cloak room. The They'd probably need 15 minutes yeah. after, after yeah. the joke yeah. to just explain it. why it was why yeah. it worked. Yeah. <laughs> Where, yeah, that's a good question. Where do you at what point? Forty five at the forty minute lull? Yeah, with the forty minute lull for the Wait for the forty minute lull to do the joke of the show. Yeah. <laughs> do your joke. Um No, remember what we said. Amazing. Amazing builder. I dare you not to laugh at this joke. <laughs> Motherfuckers. <laughs> um Hey guys. <laughs> There's an old saying about... <laughs> Come on! It's funny already. <laughs> There's an old saying about the weather, isn't there? <laughs> Red sky at night, shepherd's delight. Blue sky at night, day. <laughs> yes, they had to laugh. Blue sky at night, day. <laughs> Thank you.
in at number seven. <laughs> number seven with a bullet. But the my, like, <laughs> all joking aside, the best thing I had was Tim Vine, who's one of my absolute comedy heroes, texted me that morning and said, "I love that joke." It is, good, and it was like for him to say that to me was like, "That's it." It's a good joke because also it's like a it's a, a lot of people have had a go at getting a joke out of that. Yeah. So it's it's impressed. That's what you know. Actually, to find the new joke in something that's well trodden it makes it the seventh best. Seventh. <laughs> I don't know what one actually. No one remembers that guy. No one remembers that guy. They all talk about, all talk about number seven. Please, guy. <laughs> yeah. I would so say, that. you know, it's not, a, that's technically not a night, though, is it? So it's. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, and you do you direct shows, though. Mm. So you do, you're not going to end yeah. this year, but you'll. Do you know what I just did? I just directed Russ Abbott. Do you remember Russ Abbott? I do. What an atmosphere. Yeah. He was really good. Still still really funny. What's he doing? Is he doing a show in Edinburgh? They were pitching the Russ Abbott sketch show again. Right. And uh, so he was doing like his old character and stuff, so I got to direct him. So that was like my first proper directing job. Right. And then outside of that, I direct Edinburgh shows. So I have like all the fun of going to Edinburgh, but then you can fuck off after the first eight days. <laughs> yeah. It's really nice. Yeah. It's really nice. And also like you can talk, like what I like about directing is like I just, I had a meeting this morning with Max and Ivan, who are very funny and very good writers and stuff. But I said like, I think what you need there is like a campfire scene with loads of jokes in it. Bye. And then they have to write a campfire, you know, like, yeah, yeah. and they have to do all the heavy listing and you just make suggestions and then disappear. Sure, sure. So it's actually like a very lazy way to still <laughs> do comedy. Yeah, but you get asked by lots of different people to do it, so you must be... Uh... Yeah, I like doing yeah. it. I really like doing it. And um, it's just a case of like, again, it's just, it is just making sure that the people who you're working with get to where they want to go. It's not necessarily my taste, but like it's where they want to be. Yeah. So... That's it, really. Yeah. But I, I love it. So I think it's the thing I enjoy the most, actually. I think I enjoy it more than really? performing. Because there's a different satisfaction when you're at the back of a room and you watch something that you've, you know you've done that and you see it work. Yeah. It's a, and you hear the audience laugh, but they don't know that you did it. You have, like, a different kind of pride. Yeah. Whereas when you're on stage going, hey, guys, red sky at night, guys. I mean, what's that all about? Like... You, you're working for it really hard yeah. and you you know you don't get to enjoy it as much and I think yeah. whereas that thing of being at the back is like twice as satisfying sure do you think um, I was talking to David Cross about this big I mean like coming back and doing you know yeah. doing a sketch show in his 50s now yeah, yeah, with yeah. Bob Odenkirk do you think it's something that you'll keep working at with the, with the pappies will that keep going or do you think you'll get to a, an age where it's suddenly and I'm saying this as a 49 year old man who's still doing this shit so yeah, 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 I've, got, I've got no where to go with this myself but do you think, do you think it's, <laughs> and it's just about a sketch show but is, is, it, is it something that you think will carry on between the I think years? so we kind of made a commitment to each other about five years ago we were like let's keep working together because we still really love doing it so we think let's find out mm -hmm. but we've, we haven't really written a new sketch for about uh, four years really and so we've got this prop <laughs> bag yeah. with all our props in for those sketches and Crosby left it in the back of his wife's car <laughs> and he, we got a, got a phone call from Crosby yesterday that said my car's been nicked right. Charlie's car's been nicked but the worst news is our props bag's in it and it's like, and my first reaction was, shit, dude, are we going to have to write new sketches? <laughs> and he was like, I think so. 
and we genuinely had this big panic of like what gigs have we got coming up what can we do without the props and then this morning they found the car yeah. and it had been moved and the props were still in it yeah. so, <laughs> we're back on we're I back was, on board I thought the bad news was going to be they've stolen the car but they took the props out and left them behind <laughs> so we still don't have to write any foot yeah <laughs> no it turns out they were roadworks and the roadworks people had just moved the car oh, so didn't steal the props um, but I don't know we, we, I think we'll keep working I mean I, I just think the, the, the best thing about comedy is not stopping doing it yeah because well, like the nicest thing about that is the people who you know get really successful and that's really exciting because you can kind of go oh my friend's doing that now and that's really exciting and also like it just changes the way when you first start you're like obsessed with like I've got to try and be doing it and like I really want to be doing it properly and it's like a race of like ugh and once that stops, you can just kind of go, oh, I love this. And yeah. it's like, that's all you do then. So yeah. well, that's I don't think thing. we'll ever stop working together. It's the plan. Matthew uh, said that he... he Did he? he yeah. <laughs> said another six, six months, he said. Six months? Yeah. Six <laughs> months. Then, I don't know if I was meant to tell you, but, you know, it's going, it's going on a yeah. podcast and everything, so... You'd have found out eventually. Yeah. It's funny, because we're all doing our solo stuff, and it's kind of like there's this, there's this sweet spot right between... You don't want the thing that they're doing to be a disaster. But you don't want it to be too good. <laughs> and there's like a real sweet spot in the middle where you go, it's fine. Yeah. And that's the, what you want. So yeah. like whenever Matthew works on something, I go and watch it. And it's like, oh, thank God, it's, it's fine. <laughs> like, it's not fantastic. Yeah. And it's not terrible. It's fine. And like, that's what I always look for. It's like... If he did something that was fantastic, I'd get worried. I'd think, oh no, I've lost him. But at the moment, he always does stuff that's fine. Yeah, well, you never, you never know. You never know who's going to... Yeah. yeah well, that's it, you never know. I, I, I'm convinced Ben, who's like... With a, he's the best actor of the group. And, and I think he's... He auditions a lot, but I always think he's one audition away from, like... He could just fuck off and yeah. he could go to LA or... He could get a big series. Because he's, he's a very funny actor. And I, I keep on having to train myself for how I'll be when that happens. How did you deal with your partner being more successful? <laughs> Very badly. <laughs> I think um, it's, it's really difficult. But like, there were times when we, we weren't working together by the yeah. time thing, you know, things took off. So it's like slightly different. Yeah. But um, we went to, you know, we went to the... the just for Laughs festival in 97, 98, I think it was. It was certainly a couple doing of years. solo stuff? No, d- well, together and solo. Right. But we went one year and we did this TV show for Channel 5 out there. We, we were hosting the c- coverage of it. And then they wanted us to go back the next year. And I hate, I'd hated the Just for Laughs festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, they, and I didn't want to do it again. And I was writing a play and it was going to get in the way of that. But Stu was like being was being kind of, you know, yeah. courted by all the American people. Yeah. So it was like a double whammy of, like, I don't want to go and do this thing, but if I don't do it, Stu won't be in- invited to the festival. Yeah. But if I do go, Stu's being courted by all these yeah. people. So it's like me-, me going to do something I didn't want to do in order to basically give Stu a chance to be a solo star in America. So did you go? Yeah. But, was it horrible? Um, I, didn't, I still didn't like it. It was... And it was I just don't like the. I've been once on my own as well. I just think it's just. I, I don't. It doesn't suit me because I'm not a networker and yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I kind of hate all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But you know, I, I was. I was. I'm. I'm sort of. You know, it's it's interesting because lots of lots of the people I've worked with have gone up to be incredibly successful. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I think I think it's I think it's the long game as well, and it's also about what, how you view yourself. So it yeah. makes you come to a better place for yourself. I think there were certainly times when 
both ways, I think. You know, when there's been times where when Stu went through a bit of a wilderness period and I'd made some money doing uh, the Al Murray stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he kept on going on about, how, you know, Stu, Rich wants Rich making loads of money and I'm not making lots of money. And uh, so, you know, it works both ways. And, and you were aware that over the long period of time, things go up and down. So yeah. that, but also, I think you have to have that, you know, the happiness for other people, really. That's because if you don't, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna be destroyed. You go mental. You're never gonna be the person at the top all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that I think uh, as I got older, and you know, now I'm suddenly really old, as we discussed back then. <laughs> yeah, that's and cr- then you go fucking hell. You know, it's kind of over, really. Anyway, so it's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm essentially treading water to the end. I mean, I've kind of got 15 years of a career. You know, if I retire at 65, I've got 15 years left. Fucking hell. The last 10 years has gone ridiculously quickly. Yeah. So, you know, the chances of anything happening for me are, are smallish. Um, so, you, you know, you become comfortable with yourself and what you want, and you realise other things are more important. I think that's it. You find, you, well, I think you find out, uh, your own, I think you're really good at what you're happy doing, and that's when you're best. Yeah. So, like, I've got a really good test for me that it's, it holds me back, really, but I get terrible head sweats when I'm out of my comfort zone. <laughs> like, we, and sometimes Pappy's got asked a few years ago, we got asked to do quite a few talking head shows, like Channel 4's 50 Funniest Moments, and I hate those. I didn't want to do them. Yeah. And we arrived, and from the moment they put me in front of camera, I would just start sweating <laughs> profusely. They'd have to keep stopping recording to sponge me down. And it's like, it's the worst thing, because as soon as they start pointing it out, the more I sweat. And it's like they go, oh, can we just stop? Tom's got a little bit. And I'm like, oh, God, oh, God. And the other two are kind of like going, oh, no, Tom's freaking out. Like, you know, like they can tell. Yeah. And it's like, I know that if I got a panel show, like I've done a few tryouts for them, but like I know if I went on What the Week, say, it would just be like this horrific head sweat thing. So like, it's quite nice because I now tell myself only do things that won't make you sweat. <laughs> so like, I kind of do stuff that doesn't make me sweat and it yeah. makes me, I feel comfortable then. Yeah, you're not sweating today, I know. Well, it's quite, quite good actually because I'm talking about sweating now and it hasn't made me that sweaty because <laughs> normally it makes me... I'm quite insulted that you're not sweating. No, no, this isn't, this is no yeah, thing for me. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> it's nice because it means I'm comfortable doing it. it. I actually thought I wouldn't know until just before I came out. I thought I'd be in the wings and you'll know if it's going to be one of those gigs. Terrible. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. But I, mean, I think also you look at things, you look at other people and, and other groups and other sketch groups and other double acts and the way that things have gone for them, and you kind of think, well, it isn't, that isn't necessarily the person I would have expected to be. You know, often oh, you, you just think, don't know yet. Yeah, so you don't know what's going is There's all that luck in, there's all that luck in everything you do, and it is whether you get the part or if you get the, you know, you're in the right place at the right time. Yeah, and, and, and genuinely, and this is a weird thing that I never thought I'd consider, but like when, when I started doing comedy, I, I loved doing it mainly because I loved working with my mates fucking around and it was like we were doing this really fun thing I never thought to myself I want to be on telly mm-hmm. like never so when we got a sitcom we did two seasons of the sitcom on BBC Three that got an awful lot of hatred and it was like like real like hashtag if you look at hashtag battles <laughs> well actually it's become a porn uh, hashtag now <laughs> so I don't once you skim past all the porn there's like we got a lot of abuse <laughs> And I realised very quickly, I was like, oh, I didn't want to be on telly. I never, never started because I wanted to be famous. I don't want to be recognised. And that's weird because a lot of people get into comedy because they love doing comedy and not because they want to be famous. Yeah. And then the byproduct is fame. So like, people like John Richardson, who's a really good friend of mine, we go to the pub every Christmas. And it's like, recently we've had to start choosing pubs that he won't get recognised in or he has to wear his baseball cap. And it's like, he never wanted that. No. But it's like a byproduct of doing well at comedy. Yeah. And the fame's a weird side effect. 
Yeah. I'd hate to be famous, you know. Yeah, me too, God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God you ducked it. <laughs> just don't know, don't know how I managed to avoid no, but it. Is that, but that's what I mean, like, especially once you get to have it, you know, when, I think when you're 25 or whatever, you think that would be amazing, and it yeah. isn't. Uh, but but also once you're suddenly with a family and that's why I just think it'd be so awful not be able to go to do things. Yeah, it just would break my heart because then you think yeah. you know that your kids are then confused. Yeah, and, and it's just odd. So you know, it's Mr. Tumble's life, mate. It is. That's Mr. That's <laughs> all the money in the world. He's sitting in his little in his house with the unicorn, the zebra coming out the wall, uh, where I imagine he really lives. Uh, I'm not many fans of Justin's house. I mean, I know no. it's on early, but. Just have a baby. You'll be up in time to see it. Don't you worry. Uh, we, I think we're going to have to uh, let you go in a sec because you've got to get. You're dashing off to do another show. Yes. We should try and do something funny before you go. Cause, yeah, you know, it got pretty that's, deep, that's, didn't it? it? That's traditional. That's fine. Oh, is that what normally happens? Yeah. I'm very, it was fun at the start, though, wasn't it? Was, it? Yeah, it's funny. So once yeah. I told my joke, it really yeah. nosedived. I've, I have. No, I've. Uh, I've. I've manipulated you like a, a ventriloquist dummy. Oh no! I, yeah. Oh no! Am I going to jerk you off to finish? Yeah. <laughs> is, that the end of, is that how it always ends? That's, that's how it <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I'll ask you one more question. We'll have to hope it's a good one. There's one I wanted to ask you. Um, no, I'm not going to ask that. Not, I've all started asking that backstage. Have now. you had a nice time? Yeah. yeah. No, it's been all right. Do you think it's <laughs> been in the top seven podcasts we've done? <laughs> I think it's been it's been you know it's, it has been relaxed. I'm not sweating. It's usually very hot up here. Yeah. Next time you come on, I'm going to put the heating on really. Really, really hot. Um, okay. Oh, hold on. Let me see if I've got a newer one. Uh, oh dear. I'm such an idiot. Uh, what is the word? No, I'm not going to ask that one. Have you ever been attacked by an animal? That's what we're going with. That's what we're going with. I'm just, I'm taking a risk. Uh, I used to run a gig at my cousin's hotel and he had a tiny lapdog called Peanut. Yeah. And Peanut was a, like, a t- used to go for me. And we had a free bar after the gig and I got very drunk and got home and Peanut attacked me and I locked myself in the bathroom and slept in the bathroom and I woke up the next day, I'd written a poem. Right. <laughs> I had no recollection of writing um, that the first two lines it said... Fuck off, Peanut. (laughs) Then it said, they don't understand us. And they never will. And then the rest, it was just incomprehensible. (laughs) (laughs) And I have no recollection of writing it. I like it because the first line's very much against Peanut, but in the second line, you're... suddenly he's on board. (laughs) And I... (laughs) I've been drinking scotch all night. Fuck off, Peanut. (laughs) They don't understand us. It's kind of like exactly the way a guy goes when he's on whiskey. Like, fuck off. Oh, come here, mate. <laughs> like, so, but the, it genuinely started go, go for me. Yeah. And I had to lock myself in the bathroom to get away from him. And then I wrote this, this like, this fetching poem to it. So, so yeah, the time I did get attacked by an animal, it brought out, he was my muse. <laughs> yeah. Red sky at night, you're on Mars. No, come on! It's gone almost as well. That, I think that is, that is yeah, that's number five. I, th- I think it might be eighth. I think in Put second it into your of show. the red. Do two shows in that show. You take them and see if you can beat me. I'll do. I'll do. I'm taking to Edinburgh this year. Well, no, um, it'll the, be, it's it's yeah. going to be the cloaca room and red sky in Mars. No, that's the joke. That's what, no, that's that's the joke is. There's an old saying about the weather, isn't there? Red sky at night, shepherd's delight. Yeah. Red sky at day, 
You're on Mars. Yeah. Mars no. Uh, Mars. No. <laughs> no. I mean, Mars the day helps you work, rest and play. Should have ended at the dog attack thing. I don't know yeah. why. <laughs> don't know, don't know why. And you know, in a way, we might do. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, give it up to Tom Barry. Thank you, Roy. Listening to Richard Herring's That's Square Theatre podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my guest Tom Parry or Tom Pappy, one of the two. I can never remember. The music is by Pest. Thank you to everyone at the British Comedy Guide, the Let's Square Theatre, and GoFastTheStripe.com for all their assistance. Thank you to Orange Mark. Thank you to George, the incompetent sound man. Uh, our producer is Ben Walker. It's a fuzz. Go fast the strike and. Sky Potato Production. Those are the three production houses behind this. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. RichardHerring.com slash ballback slash tour or RichardHerring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. GoFasterStripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out.